It is the first new Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels of the year 2022. I did take a few weeks off, but I also jumped in there every now and then to throw up something. Well, well, not vomit something, but uh, put something up and post. Um, if some of you sharp-eyed individuals notice, I'm going to start doing song playlists of the week. And if you don't like it, well, don't listen to it. And uh, pretty much take your opinions and shove it. I don't really care what you like. These are the songs I like. So listen for those. Trying to engage more with 30 of you. And also, I am probably going to start... Not probably. I will be starting um, on Getter. And I'll go into that uh, in a little bit. Starting Getter. And then... um, What else was there? Getter, Rumble... And um, I was thinking about Twitch, just because with Twitch you can go live and then record it and then throw it on Rumble. But I don't know, Twitch is Twitch seems very childish to me. I think it's mostly for gaming, and I'm not a social media person. I'm not a social media guru, so I, I can't stand all this stuff. And this is why I need to start getting paid for all this, because that means I can hire somebody to take care of it, because I, I certainly don't feel like taking care of it. Um, but it's going to be a fantastic year of new things that I've got in store beyond just putting up playlists. Because I have a magnificent mind for music and a golden ear. Because I can listen to things and say, yes, they're fantastic. Because I've played instruments in the past and I currently play the guitar, 12-string guitar as a matter of fact. So what else have well I I was uh I really didn't do much over the past 2 weeks Christmas New Year's um that was about it uh depends where you are you either had a good new year or you had a silly new year as many of us did if you live in a democrat run state um I took to watching a movie started to watch a movie now I don't I don't necessarily like silent movies. I like black and white movies. But I, I don't necessarily like silent movies because I'm always doing something. I'm always reading something. Um, I'm always I'm always on the move. That's the problem. So I if I listen... I, first off, I rarely watch television. I, I mean, if I watch television once a month, that's a big deal. Um, then if I do, it's usually a black and white movie. Uh, because those movies are just so much better. And I decided to try and watch something called Dr. Mabuse, The Gambler, or Dr. Mabuser. Uh, I don't know how to actually pronounce it, uh, because it's a German silent film uh, from 1922. It's a four-hour film. There's two films. One's two hours, and another one is the, the second half of the two hours, of the four hours, another two hours. And it is a fascinating film, because the lead character... The anti-hero runs around Berlin dressing up in different disguises and he basically swindles people out of money during card games in these speakeasies throughout Berlin. And so nobody can catch this guy. And also one of his assistants are is addicted to cocaine um, and there are boobies in this movie. Uh, because in, in that time, you're talking about the pre-code era. I'm giving you a little bit of cinema history here. Uh, pre-code era, uh, which code era started in uh, 1932. So anything pre-code, 
um, basically means that there were no censors. So you didn't have to be righteous. You didn't have to uphold the moral fabric. So if you listen to any sort of movies or watch any sort of movies, they're pretty much just like today. I mean, one of one of a glittering example of um, pre-code cinema is Metropolis. It's another silent movie. Um, but if you watch Metropolis, that that is a an amazing movie. You've got witchcraft in it. You've got class warfare. You've got people that capture uh, lead characters and transfer their souls into robots and then put clay on top of the robots to make them look like the person that they stole the soul from. So you're talking about satanic soul transfer into a transhumanist type body to further the agenda of the elite. I mean, it is it is a fantastic film from 1928. And then once talkies got involved, which is when sound started to get involved in cinema, you're talking about 1928-ish to about 1932. So you really only have about four years of pre-code cinema with sound. Um, you, you can find a whole bunch of movies during that period, which you, you go, holy cow, I can't, you never think of it. You know, you think of a black and white movie. Oh, it's all fine. It's all kisses, roses, gumdrops, and rainbows. All in black and white, of course. But in these pre-code uh, films, you, you've got things like cocaine, drug addiction, lesbianism, gay sex. All of that stuff happens. And boobies. All of it happens. Uh, in black and white, it's it's a fantastic time for cinema. It's a little bit. It takes some getting used to, uh, just because of the way movies were created. Um, and if you like silent film, then that's fantastic for you. But it really takes a, a big effort for me to sit through a silent film because you can't do anything else. You literally have to sit there and watch it because you have to read the the um, the the, um, the dialogue because they throw stuff up there. And then you have to worry about what, in, in my case, Dr. Mabuse, or Mabuser, Mabuser, I don't know how to say it in German. Um, in that case, you have to also find the correct, um, the, the correct cut of the film, because you can find English translations, but you can also find the German film with the German dialogue, but English captions at the bottom of the German dialogue. So one film is more complete than another, and the scenes are laid out in different ways. So it's 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 a real big thing to look into. But I, I you know, if you've got nothing else to do, then you can ask me about cinema history, and I'll go into it more, particularly with black and white movies. But enough of that. Enough jawboning about the golden age of cinema. A lot of things happen, as always. I start every podcast. So many things happen. Big deal. A lot of things happen since the last. It's uh, it's the Monday, the Monday crutch, in uh, broadcasting terms. That's something that we always repeat over and over again. A lot of things, like I said, so many of things happened. But we will, of course, open up 2022 with COVID nonsense and the interesting thing about what happened lately with COVID is that miraculously, overnight, the dialogue and the vernacular of the COVID theory suddenly shifted. All of the rhetoric is starting to change. And I suspect that is going to be the the calm before the storm. You had Fauci come out there and finally 
Maybe he listened to this podcast. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just not listening to the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels because he finally makes the distinction between people being hospitalized hospitalized with COVID as opposed to being hospitalized because of COVID. So what's the difference? The difference is the same thing that we've brought up many times before. Somebody breaks an arm, goes to the hospital. The hospital demands a COVID test. The person that broke their arm that went into the hospital because of a broken arm tests positive. All of a sudden, we've got another COVID case. The person didn't go in there because of COVID. The person went in there because they broke an arm. And the person more than likely is asymptomatic, which means that the person is not going to be able to spread the virus. Now, don't let's not get into the uh, the debate. of It's not really a debate, but I, I lean in this direction anyway. Uh, that viruses are not actually contagious. It's really something in the environment, and your body is trying to basically secrete the toxins that it has absorbed, and we recognize that as a virus. But, you know, so anyway, which, which if that's the case, it would also explain why people in your household um, can be, you know, if you've tested positive for COVID, people in your household do not test positive for COVID. It's because you, your body is processing something and getting rid of it. And that those toxins that your body is getting rid of aren't contagious. So that, that could be a possible explanation. Those toxins could be the result of uh, 5G being flipped on, as we've discussed many times before. So Dr. Fauci said on MSNBC, oh, if a child goes into the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual when in fact they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis. Or something like that. Oh, I think Dr. Fauci, that something like that Dr. Fauci was referring to could be mild cases of myocarditis, as we're starting to find out children suddenly have. So it's overcounting, Dr. Fauci said, the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. Thank you very much, Dr. Fauci. And also, they came out recently and said, oh, you really shouldn't be testing yourself for COVID using a PCR test for at least 12 weeks after the initial test because, oh, you could still test positive for 12 weeks after that initial positive test despite the fact that you no longer have COVID. So where have you been for the last two years? Never mind the fact that you're using PCR tests that are, we know are faulty, we know create false positives, could it be that just maybe that these false positives are due to morons testing time and time again and coming up with false positives up to 12 weeks after the initial positive tests? Could that have something to do with the numbers over the past two years? Gee, I wonder. Did you, by the, did you hear that other story? about this numbnuts on an airplane flying from Iceland, I think, to New York. Um, yeah, I don't have it. I read it today. Um, she took... So to just think, how long does it take to be on a flight from Iceland? What, five hours? Maybe? So let's say six. Six hours. This numbskull, this numbskull, she... Typical COVIDian. 
mask, two masks, a visor, uh, you know, if she had any sense, a plastic bag over her head. And she felt a tickle in her throat. Okay. So she decides, now I'm not lying, she decides to take five, five tests before her flight in a matter of hours. She took two PCR tests, she took uh, three rapid tests. And then she takes two more tests at the airport itself. So we're up to seven tests between the day she's supposed to fly or a day before the, she's supposed to fly to the day that she does fly. She then felt insecure even more and tested herself another three times on the flight itself. The eighth time, she tested positive. She then freaked out on the flight. She tested positive on the flight. That's how much of a paranoid lunatic she is. She tested positive on the flight. Then she locked herself in the bathroom and barricaded herself in the bathroom and tested herself a further two times for a total of 10 times in less than 12 hours. And she freaked out. She locked herself in the bathroom for the whole flight. Folks, these people are not right. These people have genuine mental problems. There is a genuine psychosis going on right now in the supposed learned intelligentsia. And I say that and I associate this woman with that category because normal ham and eggers, they're not going to go to Iceland. Regular lunch bucket Pete's and strap hangers are going to go to places like Disney, like Boca, like Florida, like the Carolinas or whatever. The only people that really go to Iceland are snobs. So that's why yours truly would like to go to Iceland sometime. But this is the amount of lunacy that's going on with the other side, with the uneducated. And I will call them uneducated. I'll call them ignorant because all of these people, all of these branch Covidians, all of these New York City types and L.A. types and, and Miami, Miami is loaded with them, uh, at least in the political class of Miami, because you got Democrat governors running Miami. That's, that's a little insurgency there. Just watch out for that. These people, they claim to be educated, but none of them read the data like your intrepid host. I've read the FDA documents. I've read the Pfizer documents. And I'm not saying, oh, I went to a website. Where, no, no, no. I actually have the documents, and I've gone through them. It's dry toast, but I've gone through them. These people that are supposedly looking out for others in society, and I wear a mask for others. I got vaccinated for others. I got vaccinated because I want to go travel. Not You've done no research. Look at you. Look at you. You're now, these people have to come to grips with the fact that in a span of 12 months, the government is now pushing four shots. They already have two. They already are on a booster, which, by the way, they approved. They approved. They, no, I shouldn't say that. They approved. They, they did not approve. They authorized the boosters in children. 
Why are you authorizing booster shots in children? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. On the surface of it, there's an ulterior motive to it. That's the real game here. But no one is is daring enough to approach that. They don't read the data, these people. They get it from stupid media outlets like MSNBC and the New York Times. It's propaganda through and through. And these people have no sense of reality in this. And you're going to have to separate the wheat from the chaff here. At some point, these people are going to have a come-to-Jesus moment, and it's not going to be pretty. They're going to be angry. They're going to be upset because they can't admit to themselves that they made a huge mistake by going after individuals that you can't even say that, oh, they're the vaccine hesitant. They're anti-vaxxers. No, they're individuals capable of critical thinking that can read the documents that you folks in the media are trying to not cover up, but certainly avoid reading, especially reading those documents on the air. So this, I mean, you just go on and on with that kind of crap. And then oh, now they're now they're bringing up, there was a little thing in the UK that, oh, they're bringing up how um, you get children, it's not uncommon for children to have heart problems like myocarditis and perimyocarditis, whatever it is, heart inflammation, strokes and heart attacks. It's not just a common thing amongst children. Is it? Really? Is it really? Please, please. Until two years ago, it wasn't. Now it is. I shouldn't even say two years ago. I should say less than a year ago it wasn't, and now it is. It, it's su- it's such nonsense. It really. And then and then you got this idiot in New York City, brand new mayor in New York City. What's his face? De Blasio, Wilhelm De Blasio. He left. And everyone thought, oh, we're finally going to get the change that we need. De Blasio was such a communist travesty that we uh, were going to have common sense come into the city yet again. And so what's the first three things that he does? Extends the mandates for vaccinations. He then extends mask mandates in schools. And then he says, well, you know, we should really mull over the fact of making booster shots requirements for city workers. I mean, okay, New York has fallen. I get it. We all get it. New York has fallen to the technocrats and the World Economic Forum. And I sincerely believe in the long term, they're going to try and they're going to try and break up the United States along an Agenda 2030 or Agenda 2050, UN agenda stuff, um, along those lines, and break up countries and basically devolve them into um, city-states. So there's no longer a state, there's no longer a nation, just immense smart cities that are tied together with major metro areas, or not, I shouldn't say major metro areas, but... um, uh, mass transit between the two areas, right? If, and if it's a smart city, then you must make sure that you are up to date with your vaccines. Otherwise, you can't travel uh, like that. That's what I think they're going to try and do over the next two decades. Uh, that, honestly, that's what I think they're, they're going for. And hopefully that doesn't work because you've got people like Joe Rogan 
And you've got people like Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Robert Malone banned from Twitter. Banned from Twitter for doing what? For citing, he didn't even say anything. He just posted an article that, oh, little Twitter didn't like. Little, oh, sorry. Marjorie, uh, what's her name? Marjorie something green. Marjorie Taylor, I think Taylor Green. She was a politician. All of the media say that she's a fascist and a racist and everything else. And, you know, the, the usual rhetoric that we've heard for the past six years. She gets banned. Why does she get banned? She posts results from VAERS, the vaccine adverse effect, you know, the, the, the reactions. So she gets banned from Twitter. She didn't say anything. She didn't cause any conspiracies. She didn't start any conspiracies. She didn't say anything like I say. But she's and she got she gets banned for citing the government's own data. Another news organization uh, starts with a B. I just saw this before I started to do the podcast. Briar, no Brian Brain. I forgot what it is. They get banned from Twitter permanently because they cited and quoted a government official, an elected official, banned. I mean, clearly this is fascism. I mean, there, there's no other way to look at it. This is fascism. This is what they talk about in China. This is what went on in Germany. This is what went on, I don't know about Italy. Well, I would suspect Japan. I don't, I'm not up on my World War II history with Japan. But this is Stalin throughout the 20s and 30s. I mean, Stalin was more of a, and the communists were more, more mass murdering than any Nazi could ever hope to be. But nobody talks about that one, especially in this political climate. Um, but that's what we're going for. And so we have to start figuring all this stuff out. Joe Rogan did a three-hour podcast with Robert Malone. And it was funny. It was funny what was said on there because the first obvious thing is that Malone said, well, I, I've been permanently banned from Twitter, so I'm going to move over to Getter, G-E-T-T-R. And Joe Rogan's like, I don't what the hell is that? And, you know, it's, it's an alternative to Twitter. So Joe Rogan says, yeah, I'm going over there. Joe Rogan, within a day, had 11 million followers on Getter in one day. So, the, yeah, okay. So I think Twitter's time is up, and it's another example of the schism, as I have guttural er, um, that's going on right now. So some of the, of the things that they said, and uh, it's it's crazy, uh, because Malone and Doctor Zelenko have been. Crucified. I, I don't. There's a joke in there saying Doctor Zelenko has been crucified, it, metaphorical, of course, um, by everybody, especially, especially liberal Orthodox Jews. Uh, Doctor Zelenko. I follow him on Telegram, and he posted a story of uh, of an interview that he did. He, he Doctor Zelenko got nailed on two things. Doctor Zelenko. Being an Orthodox Jew, you know, he's got the beard down to his navel. And he wears a little beanie with the with the spinner on top. Dr. Zelenko came out and cited the Book of Revelations, specifically the Mark of the Beast technology with this stuff. 
And then he went on to say that human beings that have been vaccinated are no longer human beings. They are some other creature. And he's right about it. Because if you're manipulating the DNA of something, I don't care how you manipulate the DNA, and we've gone through this before, you manipulate the RNA, the DNA gets created in a different way that is not natural, which turns into cDNA, which ultimately means that that cDNA is not normally found in nature, which means you're not human. It also means that you're patentable. So, he got such crap from the Orthodox Jewish community, and he posted some of the responses. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. You think these people, these Orthodox people, would know a little thing or know a thing or two about fascism and and crimes against humanity. You would think they'd have some sort of point of reference. They're always out there waving the Holocaust Holocaust flag around. You know, you can't say I'm a victim. You can't say anything about me. I, I, you know, I have family members that went through the Holocaust, which they may very well have. But the fact remains that you should have a point of reference if your family was subject to crimes against humanity particularly in a concentration camp. And the utter acid that came out against Dr. Zelenko was horrifying. These people have no reference point in history. None. They are crying out for fourth boosters like they do in Israel. They are shouting down Dr. Zelenko because he dared reference the book of Revelations, which is found in the New Testament. It doesn't even mean that you that 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 Dr. Zelenko has to believe in the New Testament. He can't even cite it. He could say the whole story in the New Testament with the late JC sacrificing himself for everybody. That's bunk. He could say the whole thing is bunk. But if he even mentions the New Testament then that's it. Everything Dr. Zelenko says is bullshit, and we can't talk about it. And he deserves to be shut up, and he deserves to be, you know, have his medical license uh, removed, and all sorts of vile things. Horrible, vile things that I've not even thought of. So we need, and by the way, the positive throughout all of that is that Dr. Zelenko won the Getter's first annual Freedom Award. So, that is fantastic for Dr. Zelenko. I hope, I hope he gains more traction. Anyway, Joe Rogan was with Dr. Malone, and Dr. Malone dropped some truth bombs. Basically, everything that we've been saying here. Um, it's a <coughs> see, this is what that worked. Wow, 27 minutes. Dr. Malone discusses his suspension from both LinkedIn and Twitter for the crime of promoting, quote-unquote, vaccine hesitancy. It's not vaccine hesitancy, it's critical thinking. And he also said informed consent is not only not happening, it's being actively blocked. And the problem with this is that he's right. And Dr. Malone cannot be argued against. And that's the problem with this, is that when they can't argue their point, when they know that somebody of Robert Malone's stature comes out 
and is saying all of this stuff. When he was on Twitter, he never outwardly said anything. He would post studies, and he would he would just post the quotes of the study that he wanted you to know. Maybe he would interpret the sentence without any opinion. So that kind of thing is happening over and over again. And Dr. Malone said something else. Our government is out of control. They are lawless. They completely disregard bioethics. They completely disregard the federal common rule. They've broken all the rules that I know of that I've been trained for years and years and years. These mandates of an experimental vaccine are explicitly illegal. Something that we've been saying here the whole time. They are explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code. Thank you very much. They are explicitly inconsistent with the Belmont Report. They are flat out illegal and they don't care. They don't. And he's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. By At this point, you should probably go over. I'm not going to go over the whole thing because it's three hours. But you should definitely, definitely go over there and take a look at it. Now, he also cited an article um, which you can find. It's 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 a good article. It's a long article. I'll get into uh, You know what? I was going to get into it tonight. I'm already 30 minutes into this. So I'm not going to get in. I'll get into it. Uh, yeah, I'll get into it tomorrow. There's just a lot here. But the, the, the one little thing that is important out of this whole article, one little bullet point from this. Pfizer reported a 95% efficacy. And this is from an article, the powerful Pfizer presentation that got Dr. Robert Malone kicked off of Twitter. This is on a Substack. Um, so Pfizer reported a 95% efficacy for its vaccines, which sounds like it protects you 95% of the time. But that 95% actually refers to the relative risk reduction, while the absolute risk reduction was only 0.84%. So what is the difference between relative risk and absolute risk? Moreover, the Pfizer clinical results are unreliable because Pfizer introduced immense subjectivity into the trial by leaving it up to the discretion of the investigators whether or not to test participants for COVID-19. So what does that mean? Relative risk and absolute risk. Basically, it means absolute risk is total population. Relative risk is the population that is susceptible to COVID. That's what it means. So knowing what we know about COVID, where the at-risk portion of the population is really less than, what, 1%, that 95% efficacy really only applies to that less than 1% of the population that are subject to COVID. And if you're looking at the population as a whole, these inoculations only improve immunity or I shouldn't even say immunity because that's not the definition of a vaccine anymore, only improve protection from COVID by 0.84%. So out of 100 people, less than one person finds an increased protection from these inoculations. And what do they do? They don't stop it. They say, oh, we need a booster. Oh, we, be we might need two boosters. That's what we need. But finally, we're going to leave it with this. Robert Malone 
dropped a big old truth bomb. And he calls it mass... Oh, I wish I had it in front of me. Mass formation... Mass formation psychosis. And so it's something that he kind of made up. Basically, it's he's citing somebody else. And he says he draws an analogy to 1920s and 30s in Germany and said they had a highly intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. So, mass formation psychosis is really mass hysteria. And people looked for that phrase, mass formation psychosis, so much that Google's algos couldn't keep up, and Google is now effectively censoring the phrase mass formation psychosis. Even Wikipedia, which attempted, or somebody on, you know, when, because anybody can go into Wikipedia and alter the entries. Even Wikipedia has no entry for mass formation psychosis. Basically, Dr. Malone said, this is what happens. You isolate everybody, right? You don't allow them to meet. You don't allow them to congregate. The only thing that you allow them to communicate by is through technology. So phone, smartphone, interwebs, whatever, drums, smoke signals, whatever you got, semaphore flags. And what happens is people are confused about why that's happening. They don't know what's going on. So immediately they try to look for a leader. They try to look for somebody that may have some kind of information. And the major media outlets decided to let those people, the masses, focus on Dr. Fauci. So immediately Dr. Fauci was that leader. And he also says it doesn't even matter what that leader says. The people will do it because they are basically hypnotized. That's it in a nutshell. It's got nothing to do with intelligence. In fact, the more intelligence, in quotes, so basically the more degrees you have, makes you more susceptible to the mass formation psychosis because the arguments that they're using follow a certain logical order. They follow certain logical steps. And it allows a critical, I shouldn't even say critical thinker, a semi- a, a pseudo-intellectual, that's a better word for it, to say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wear a mask because I'm trying to stop vapor particles. Never mind the fact that they're now saying that cloth masks are useless, including, including former FDA director, now Pfizer executive. What are the odds of that in less than a year? He said masks are useless. You don't need them. They're never going to do anything. He said it on television. So mass formation psychosis is really another name for mass hysteria. That's what it re- it's 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 a fancier term for mass hysteria. And the reason I think the reason why Dr. Malone decided to use a phrase like that and cite somebody else, is because they want to create a new paradigm. They don't want to call it mass hysteria. They want it to sound more professional. They want it to sound like something that is distinct to the branch COVIDians out there. And it's good. You do want some kind of distinction when you're talking about this kind of thing. But it's interesting to read up on mass hysteria. 
And I'm just, I, I do not like really going to um, Wikipedia for it. But sometimes Wikipedia is useful because it's really dumbed down to the lowest common denominator. So if you look up mass psychogenic illness, another name for mass hysteria, you get what Dr. Malone is talking about. It is a rapid spread of illness signs and symptoms affecting members of a cohesive group originating from a nervous system disturbance involving excitation, loss, or alteration of function whereby physical complaints that are exhibited unconsciously have no corresponding organic ideology. Which is another fancy phrase of saying no organic given reason. In other words, they're effing nuts. So it goes on. Qualities of MPI outbreak which is what we're talking about, mass hysteria. Symptoms that have no plausible basis. Symptoms that are transient and benign. Symptoms with rapid onset. Occurrence in segregated groups. That's everybody. The presence of extraordinary anxiety. Well, I don't know about you. The past two years have a lot of people on edge. Symptoms that are spread via sight, sound, and oral communication. Spread that moves down the age scale, beginning with older or higher status people. Oh, we've got to protect the elderly. A, a preponderance of female participants. That's not necessarily true in this case, although you do have a lot of Karens shaming other people, but you've got an equal amount of uh, men doing equally amounts of stupid things. Mass uh, British uh, psychiatrist Simon Wesley distinguishes between two forms of mass hysteria, mass anxiety hysteria and mass motor hysteria. Mass anxiety hysteria consists of acute anxiety occurring in school children. Prior tension and absent and the rapid spread by, is by visual contact. That, that has not happened. Mass motor hysteria consists of abnormalities in motor behavior that occurs in any age group prior to tension. Initial cases can be identified and the spread is gradual, blah, blah, blah. So, now how does this kind of correlate to what we're seeing with COVID? Well, there are common symptoms that Timothy F. Jones of the Tennessee Department of Health said all people experience during outbreaks like this, and he did a study between 1980 and 1990. A majority of the people, physical symptoms, by the way, headache, dizziness, Nausea, abdominal cramps, oh, a cough, fatigue, sore throats, hyperventilation or difficulty breathing, irritated eye, oh, chest tightness and chest pain, inability to concentrate, vomiting, well, whatever, tingling numbness or paralysis, anxiety or nervousness, trouble with vision, rash, loss of consciousness or itching. But, oh goodness gracious, common symptoms of mass hysteria, headache, dizziness, nausea, abdominal cramps, cough, fatigue, sore throat, difficulty breathing, tightness in chest. 
I don't know about you, but that suddenly sounds like COVID, doesn't it? It almost sounds like they flipped on a switch. It almost sounds like they flipped on 5G. If I were a conspiracy theorist, har, 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 I would say that they possibly flipped on 5G. People, and by flipping on 5G, you're talking about infiltrating the magnetic fields of human beings. And you're also talking about altering people's moods and vibrations and frequencies. You can't just look at this from a 3D paradigm. You've got to start looking at this on the 5D level, 6D level. You're talking about people that are trying to manipulate your electromagnetic frequency on the DNA level. That kind of depth we're going on here. So let's just, let's just postulate a theory that I will leave you with this. It's already 40 minutes. Flip on 5G. You flip on by doing that. You alter people's moods. You can find plenty of studies of them doing it during the L.A. riots in the 90s with a, with a naval ship off the coast of L.A. Uh, beaming stuff into L.A. You flip this on. People's moods change. You suddenly have 30% of the population suffering from mass hysteria. That 30% also is suffering from what Dr. Malone referenced, mass psychosis formation. Same thing that the Nazis went through, or the Germans went through under the Nazis. Then, being that they flipped on 5G, you run into things like dyspnea and pneumonitis, which is mild radiation poisoning, which also has the same symptoms as COVID, which also has the same treatments as COVID, including ventilators and all of that stuff. And, oh, by the way, PCR tests really determine whether or not there is a genetic deformity in something. That's what they were originally used for. Then we've got common symptoms of mass hysteria also correlating very nicely with COVID symptoms. They literally have created lunatics across the planet. If my theory is true, and if they did create lunatics across the planet, then no vaccine will ever be able to bring them back. Nothing will. And that is a theory, and that is my theory, and this is the first show of 2022 with Chris Michaels for The Last Call Podcast.